It's holiday season, banter, banter listeners. Thanks for joining us. We've really enjoyed you sticking it out and putting up with this through these unique moments of life. How each day is a new experience. And with that, we want to take a moment and just kind of peer backwards. Use that good old hindsight, which is 2020. This is the best year to use hindsight. And soak up all of that knowledge that we left behind in a long trail of episodes to a month. For us to ruminate on and gain some lessons and smile about the happier times. Now, hold on a minute, Mike. Can we honestly call what we've been doing for the last year knowledge giving? Definitely. We had a great moment of several episodes interacting with what's the deal with that? We had another fantastic episode where we discussed the OVA of Sonic. Come on. You can't tell me that wasn't a great moment. I enjoyed listening to that episode, but I didn't enjoy talking about it because I wasn't there. I was going to say, looking back at that calendar, I think, Aaron, you had a very narrow window before the before times came to a close. And we were all sectioned off to mostly live in our houses and not go out for anything. Wasn't your return in March? And then they started sending us home around April. Like a phoenix rising from the ashes, Aaron shot back in early March as if he was exonerated from some horrible fire pit and given new life. It only took us, what, a little over a month to find him? Because we started looking right around January 20th. Yeah, you're right. I didn't come back till early March. We had a great conversation on our crossover Banter X Cell recording. Ah, uh, yeah, with the Cellcast boys. That was a great experience. I'm excited for our next interaction with those two gentlemen. What do you mean? I interact with them on Twitter all the time. You know, thanks to us, they finally have a Twitter presence. <laughs> <laughs> we forced them. To be more present on their Twitter. With my constant antagonism about them not having a social media presence on Twitter, they have risen up to the challenge. And the boys of the Cellcast have found their strength, and they have found it to be more than plenty. Hashtag meme Mondays. They totally crush it on the Facebooks, and I need to take time and meet up with them for one of their live Facebook feed recordings of a watch through of a movie because they do some really good movies man I have listened to some of their more recent episodes and I am just crushed that I do not get a chance to interact with them when they do their live feeds but that's a me thing we've had some really good stuff this year man we have, and I have to say, the Banter XL crossover was one of my favorite things that we did this year. It was a lot of fun talking to Jacob and Drew. We hope to bring you another Banter XL crossover in 2021. We've done some other interesting things. We did a touch base discussing 
Avatar, The Last Airbender, or, as Manny likes to remind me, the non-American version of that show's name is... The metric system. Oh, wait. No, Legend of Aang. I'm sorry, you got me hung up on stuff that America won't accept. We talked about blockbuster movies as we rolled into the beginning of quarantine. Hey, isn't the metric system that movie with Neo? Yes. Remember Keanu Reeves? Okay. Right. Who doesn't like Keanu Reeves? When he goes into the computer world place that's made out of zeros and ones. What, Cyberpunk 3077? And he takes the red pill and he finally gets it. That everything is much simpler if you break it down into units of 10. Yeah, that was good. I thought it was the binary system. I just saw ones and zeros in that great old school green font on the black computer screen with my five and a half inch literally floppy disk. Don't you remember the iconic scene where Tank brings him out of the simulation and he opens his eyes and looks up at him and he's like, I know decimals. And Morpheus was there too. I know hexadecimals. And then they go into another simulation, and Cowboy Curtis and Keanu Reeves get on the bus from Speed. Except now... Cherry's driving it? No, it's still LeBron James coming back for a new take at Space Jam, but he fell into the wrong movie. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's the plot summary that we stole from the scriptwriters working hard on the next Matrix movie. I don't know who this brainchild is going to grow up to be, but I'm pretty certain at this point it's going to be a serial killer. Aww. I thought maybe that would be funny. (laughs) (laughs) It will be killing cereal. It will be killing Booberry and Count Chocula. And Kooky Crisp. I think we also had a fun time with me finding out that YouTube doesn't like for us to use the Simpsons parody of Planet of the Apes, the hit jam with Troy McClure. You may remember him from that episode. In his rendition of Rock Me, Dr. Zaius. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. You write Remember Me from such episodes as Rock Me, Dr. Zaius and Get Physical or Digivolve. Sometimes our synergy is absolutely on point. And sometimes it is so far off. <laughs> it's so far off. <laughs> like in different states. I'd like to pull back from the first season where... Mike tries to teach us how to make goofs al dente. You know when they're done when you can throw them at the wall and see what sticks. Right. (laughs) That's good. It's the only way to learn how tasty that pasta is going to be. That creepy pasta. Yeah, as we're looking back at some of our favorite times this year, is there a particular episode or bit or conversation that you guys liked in particular? Can I submit that I think I didn't expect for what's the deal with that to be that interesting of a shtick to the two of you? Man, dude, I will honestly say that has been my favorite part about season two has been that little game right there. 
But I've enjoyed the fact that you have enjoyed it so much. Good. So I would say that is my favorite. I'm glad. Mine too. Personally, I really liked the episode where we talked about caves. Ah, Mike, which ones are stalagmites again? Is it the ones from the ceilings? Yes, they might fall on your head. Oh, and that'd be a total fatality. Might be. The ones that come from the ground are stalactites because they are definitely tight on making it a babality. That is nature's spike trap. Right. Which just leads me to remember how we tried to have the discussion about who would win in a fight, the Terminator or Shang Tsung, and whether Shang Tsung would be able to absorb the Terminator's soul. If he can overpower Skynet, he might be able to win. What about you, Mike? Did you have a particular favorite episode or bit or conversation from season two? I don't think I had one bit that really keyed my love when I look back on everything. He hates everything about this. Because I love all of the things that we talked about. Maybe at the low end, I would say our blockbuster movie discussion in June was a little on the sad end, only because we were just in the beginnings of being shut in. And I was projecting my excitement for the possibility of going back in public and enjoying movies in the theater with the theater pass that I ended up having to cancel because it was just never going to happen in the time frame I wanted. So that would be my low point. Yeah, I totally understand. And really, honestly, just going to the theater is a different experience altogether. I will say I enjoyed our skirting cross over on Gilbert and Sullivan. It's not a big thing, but in my little heart, it kind of made me go, yay! I really like some of the musicals that those two created even though they're way out of our social context because they were made so long ago they're not popular in any way shape or form except to a small finite group of people and my connection with it was actually started from the show the west wing wait what skirting thing are we talking about the hms pentafore Gilbert and Sullivan, the HMS Penafor, or the Pirates of Penzant. Yes. It's a long emotional tie for me going backwards. I'm happy that we got to have this happen, and I didn't ever force or bring it up intentionally. It came out naturally, much like our discussion last year in the holiday episode about stretchy jeans, Manny, where you and I had a unique moment where we touched base on something that, like, Never would have been a normal conversation for us. Touching the stretchy jeans. They do not hold you accountable. I am so happy that companies that make jeans created stretchy jeans for men because I love them. They are awesome. I'm rather fond of them too, as a garment for men. Yeah, I'm just kind of surprised it never happened sooner, but I'm glad that they're here. Well, sometimes it takes fashion a minute to get there, I guess. Actually, I can't really call it fashion. It's just more functional. Yeah. Like women actually getting pockets on their pants or dresses that have pockets that are functional. 
I know, right? Sometimes I am outraged at the lack of consideration for choices that clothing creators make. They don't give them all of the same access and freedoms and things that seem normal to me in my head. They just don't give them to the women's clothing. Like, women like pockets. Why don't you give them pockets on their dress? <laughs> I may not like the idea of a pocket in the dress, but I'm not the person wearing that clothing. So it's not my personal option. Huh. Just saying. Golly. You good? You breathing? Breathing? Breathe in, breathe out. What were we here to talk about again? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to our new segment on Banter Banter, Fashion Police, where Mike slams the fashion industry. For a third of an episode. For a third of an episode. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I understand. And for real, it is ridiculous because it's been no secret that women have been wanting pockets forever. So, but hey, they have them now. So that's good. To not turn this into half of the episode, I will just toss in my two cents. I agree with you a thousand percent, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the best part is... Squizzes also thinks that, Manny, you're right. You should 1,000% put proper pockets on things. Whatever happened to Squeezes? thank you for coming back. <laughs> I thought he got arrested. Squeezes never gets arrested, especially during the holiday season. Squeezes makes sure that he puts out cookies for Santa, Krampus, and Nikolai the Generous. Aaron, what you don't know is that Squeezes' powers get the strongest in this season. And he actually touches the bars of his prison cell and they turn into fresh baked baguettes. So he has enough time to squeeze by them before they turn stale and turn his heart to steel again. Let's just say there's a song that gets sung and it wakes somebody up and it really gives me some strength. He's just riding the coattails of Billy. (laughs) Also, those security guards must be really confused when they all of a sudden smell fresh baked bread. And then it goes away. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least it's not toast. True. Wow. I tell you what, we are really good at um, derailing. (laughs) Aaron, did you have a preferred moment in this last year podcast? I mean, I basically already said mine. Mine was the banter XL crossover and the uh, what's the deal with that and the caves thing. Then let me flip it. And... The season since the last holiday episode, what was your least favorite thing about Banter Banter? It's so unusual because I have a very critical mind until I'm actually put on the spot. Well, if you want, I can start by getting the ball rolling. Okay. I'm going to be honest, folks, listeners. I bit off way more than I could chew with this year's Scott Pilgrimage. I assume that everybody went through and listened to parts of it, maybe decided they'd like some of it, listened to more of it, and that's cool. But I think my commitment for next season going forward is definitely to plot something just a little bit smaller. Now, I'm not afraid of doing another multi-parter. I just think that five was a bit difficult on the production end. Yeah, man, I can't even imagine because that was on top of your normal editing duties for the 
banter banter podcast. So you, in essence, were editing two, maybe even three episodes sometimes at any given time to make sure that they got out on time. I would say maybe what I regret more about it is not hitting it as hard as I did. I would say at the end of July, all the way till it released, if I had maybe hit it that hard when we were getting the first portions of the planning done and the first stages of it, I think it would have gone a little bit easier. But yeah, specials. They take a while to come in, folks. They do, but they're always worth it, I feel like. I've liked all the specials that we've released so far. And this year, Scott Pilgrimage was no exception. I had a lot of fun recording that with you guys. Well, I have no intention in stopping. We'll see what we come up with next year. I think we had a few ideas tossed in the background, but we'll see what fizzles up. We'll see what we can punch into just under the amount needed for bus fare. <laughs> so $3.85 Canadian? Is that what the bus costs nowadays? I have no idea. I have not taken a bus in Canada. I just know that it is a very long drive to visit my in-laws. Oh, cool. Coins. <laughs> Something that I wish I had put more effort in and had more time to finish. The next episode of Herks and Jerks. Because I really like watching that show and then discussing it with you guys. And I want to have that produced at a faster rate for everyone involved. Just for my personal enjoyment, I want to get through the seasons. I want to enjoy the gift that I got of all of the Hercules Legendary Journeys seasons on DVD. Watch them and chat with you guys about them. And kind of spitball ideas and topics and theories that we see hiding in that show. I agree. I enjoyed recording the second episode with you guys. Unfortunately, due to technological problems, I wasn't able to be there for the first one. And honestly, now that you guys have spoken about things that you haven't been fond of this year, it has made crystal clear what I was not fond of this year. I have not been able to contribute to this podcast in a way that I feel like is fair to us, or not to us, but to you, to guys. Because of my job and how physically taxing it can be, sometimes I just come home and I'm wiped out. So I have not been pitching in with editing or critiquing as much as I should. And it's honestly made me feel more like a burden sometimes than an actual contributor to this podcast, even though you guys have made it abundantly clear that you are okay covering me and that you're okay picking up the extra slack that I'm leaving behind, regardless of situations or intentions. I still feel bad about it. And I hope to be able to assist more in the future. Just ever since COVID-19 started, my business has increased productivity by 20%. And I know 20% doesn't sound like a lot, but it is incredibly taxing on our bodies at all times because we are 
constantly moving, and the heat has not helped this year, even though we had more of a mild summer than we normally do. So now that the weather's cooling down and things are starting to normalize a little bit, I hope to be able to actually jump back in and help take some of the pressure off you guys so you can work more on these side projects like Scott Pilgrimage and Herx and Jerks. Spoiler alert, we all share the editing duties. Ah. Yeah, this is a team effort. It's a collaborative effort. And we all help each other. We all pitch in to try to make a quality podcast that you guys can enjoy and that we can be proud of. Let's move ourselves into what I think this episode is really about. The holiday season. This holiday season, whether it be the specific religious take you might have because of social or family connections, or just the generic holiday happy spirit that I hope most places exude during the December month. No matter where the spirit comes from, from the place you go to periodically, to join in fellowship and worship, to the shops that you visit, to pay tribute to the almighty Consumatron, or to the sitcom or show about nothing, where the Costanzas impart the celebration of Festivus. Or maybe the celebration of Klebor, named after its owner, Klebor, who visited us this year and said, Oh, that's named after me. I bought it online last month. It's really nice to see it close up. What questions of this nature do you have for us, Mike? Last holiday, we talked about a few things. We did a discussion about White Elephant versus the Secret Santa kind of gift-giving scenario. We also discussed our top three gifts we had on our wish list. Almost in an antithesis, I wanted to ask you gentlemen, what are your top three I really hope I don't get this gift as a present this year? I'm just going to jump in and help you guys have a starting point. Things I don't want this year would be a gift card that was a month introductory subscription to an online video platform or game platform because I feel like I'm already there, man. I don't need to add another one on. There's so much to work with. Boy, it feels like everything requires a subscription now. For sure. You can't even watch the new Star Trek show unless you're subscribed to CBS now. Which has me double down on the second thing that I would say I'm not interested in as a gift. It would be music. I don't need music. I used to actually want to, like, own the music. But now I've got a computer on hand all the time because I'm at my house. 
I'm not at work and having to deal with the personal restrictions that I put upon myself for not using the internet at the office to listen to things. Hey, you want to listen to a song? YouTube it. I don't need a album purchased for me. Right? Especially, like you were saying, now that you're mostly working from home, or at least you have been, it's definitely one of those things where it's like, well, work can't get on my case about listening to the Robin Williams live on Broadway golf skit. I'm paying for the internet at my house. My company's not paying for it, so I can stream whatever I want because it's not on their dime. Which kind of brings me to the third thing. I don't need more data. We've gotten pitches recently for extra data on our phone service. And I'm like, but I don't need it. Boy, have you not seen my data drop in usage? Because I'm on my own personal Wi-Fi? I don't need to buy an extra 10 gigs from you, AT and Apple, Google, whatever your internet Verizon provider is. I don't need it. Man, my phone is using my Wi-Fi. You can just stop trying to sell me on that because it's going to be a long time before I get back even close to my previous data consumption on my cell phone while not being on the Wi-Fis. So, did either of you have a short three-item list of presents for this holiday season that are just no good? Ooh, three's a very specific number I wasn't prepared for. You don't have to give me three. I just had three kind of locked in my three-barrel shotgun so I could pepper right out for you. I would say top one is probably generic cartoon or other popular culture branded candy boxes. Of course, I guess a precursor to this entire list is that most of these have exceptions to them. Either, for example, the candy one. Sometimes there's just an amusing enough case, but more often than not, it's one of those things where you have to know that I mentioned that it is amusing enough before you just go out there and grab it. But I've received plenty a gift set of candies that came in a package that looked rather amusing, i.e. the pooping reindeer, <laughs> which are great and they're cool novelty. I would say for maybe about a week and then suddenly it just disappears and you never know what happens to it until you find it and you realize there was still candy in it. The candy's gone stale. So the candy wasn't any good. This sounds like the summer sausage and cheese holiday package I used to get from certain people earlier in my life. Oh, if you ever get any of those, give me that summer sausage. I will refrain from making that joke. Summer sausage. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You don't. Only Manny gets it from me. <laughs> oh, sorry. I said I was going to not make that joke. It's the holiday season. 
I seasoned it properly. <laughs> the salt hurt a little bit, but the pepper was just right. Oh, no! List item number two. If you are shopping for some sort of clothing item for me, and it is just generic everyday clothing, it's probably a good idea to get that off of some sort of a wish list profile kind of thing. Because I think the further you go blind into one of those things, the more likely you are to get something that basically isn't within anyone else's style. So you mean similar to our conversation last year about the Secret Santa process that your group of friends does where they kind of network their wish lists together? If you're not working off of that wish list, you probably shouldn't get that size or image clothing item for that individual because it might not be what they want. Yes, but also I think it's kind of tying back to the stretchy jeans discussion that we had where somebody can be like, oh, well, you know, I enjoy my friend closely or something, and I'm going to get them pants. And it's like, okay. And then you get something like, I don't know, Jeanco jeans. Although, I don't know. I'm at the point in my life where maybe I would dig that nostalgia. You want some 42s? I'll get you some 42 Jenko jeans. <laughs> I guess that's what I mean, is clothing's kind of a hard field to navigate so you really best know what you're doing don't just spontaneously gift clothing item number three i would have to say kitchenware that's another one of those gift giver beware kind of things tread lightly make sure that when you are considering these items that you have heard repeatedly for me, or again, turning it on to the family, because I like to imagine that these three items kind of face outwardly to when any of you listeners are thinking about getting gifts for a friend or a family member, is definitely consider, have I heard them talk about various times that they want this? You know? Are they like, man, I really want a coffee machine, but can't be buggered at all to go out and shop for one? Oh, man, I can only make the instant coffee flakes. And I'm tired of spoon eating those because I'm too lazy to do it otherwise because I really want brewed coffee. You search for keys like that, little snippets of info. Outsource your information as well to verify that none of their other relatives have purchased said similar item. Or just leave the gift receipt in there, bro. Or loop it right back to the way you put the thing about jeans, Mike. And that is when you were referring to my last year's comment. A message to all of those who received gifts. Put in the little extra legwork. Think about all these categories and create a wish list. You don't have to push the wish list on anyone. I understand. It comes off as a little bit demanding, especially if you're the kind of friend who would rather come up with a thoughtful, heartfelt gift, which is always on my list but we'll get to that later, is definitely just make a list and make it an option for anyone who might have a question. What are your sizes? Are there any brands you hate? 
do that or attach a gift receipt and then make your gift receiver plainly aware that if this is not a gift they wanted, this is just a mildly inconvenient gift card. Aaron, anything that is on your please don't gift me this list? I will not lie. I have had to really rack my brain to try to think of some things, but I think I have come down with at least two. Possibly three if I can figure out how to say it. First of all, I've reached the point in my life where I'm not a big fan of an overabundance of novelty items. Now, I'm not trying to say that I wouldn't be happy if someone got me some cool knickknack or something. Because I'll always be happy with whatever people get me. But if I had a preference, sometimes novelty items cause a little too much clutter for me. and. The amount of stuff I have sometimes stresses me out, especially when I have to move and I have to do a lot of packing. So at this point in my life, I've kind of gotten to the point where I have slowed down dramatically on the amount of novelty items. I've purchased one novelty item for myself in the last four years. So yeah, novelty items aren't really big on my list. Secondly, don't give me an animal. (laughs) As much as part of me would be like, oh, a puppy for Christmas. Like, while that is a gift, it's also giving me an obligation. An obligation that I didn't necessarily ask for. Best gift ever. Heifer International has accepted a donation from me to you, Aaron. I have donated a gaggle of geese. Animals given. Boom. Your generosity and your consideration. No, no bounds. The People Fund. Best fund ever. Don't worry, I'm not going to mail a bomb to your house. Don't worry about it. That package is going to be ticking that you receive in a couple of weeks. Don't worry about it. I'll be wearing my mask. That anthrax is not going to get me. (laughs) Also, please don't gift me a child. I don't want one. They're worse than having an animal. Did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. It's the holiday season, Mike. All those humans that have children. Good on you. You are hopefully bettering society by creating a child or taking care of a child. I don't mean too harsh on your vibe. That is a lot of work. It is a lot of work. I have two dogs and I sometimes feel like they're a lot of work and they're not children. So I appreciate you for your efforts. Agreed. This last one, it's going to be more of the spirit of it, I guess, because I can't really think of any hard examples. Don't give me something that has a limited time window in which to do it. Like, hey, here's a cruise to Alaska that's going from February from this date to this date. Like, it's specific. While that is a cool gift and I would be flabbergasted if someone ever gave me just a trip to go on a five-day cruise. If that's in February, like, oh, I have other plans that weekend already, or I now have to find out if I can get off work the month that this is going to be happening in. Does that make sense? Please gift that to me at Mike8Time. I will take any cruise gift provided. Yeah, just send it to his Twitter address. Slide into my DMs. No, 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 no. Make it a public post and add him. And then we'll see who is quicker, Mike or anyone that follows Mike. (laughs) (laughs) Probably nobody. Like Brogar, (laughs) C-R-E. 
<laughs> Brogar CRE has sniped this. <laughs> Do you guys kind of understand what I'm saying? I totally feel where you're coming from. Okay. Now, understand, listeners, I had to scrape my brain to try to come up with three examples. Really, honestly, the way I'm wired, I really am appreciative of any gift that I get. But there are some guidelines. As you say that you scraped your brains for three items, I'm going to ask the two of you for a one last brain scraping for one item. Because we just talked about things you don't want. If you can fathom the idea of being a child again, and the gifts that you didn't want as a child, what is a gift that as a child you were totally against, but now as an adult, that you would totally be happy about now? For me, it sounds really weird, but gift cards. Because, in a sense, this falls into the conversation Manny and I had last holiday season. Sometimes there's just some big-ticket items that I'm interested in that I don't expect one individual to purchase for me. And getting those generic gift cards helps me pool some money together to, if not purchase fully via gift cards mitigate the total cost of said item. Like, two things on my current personal wish list that I don't expect any one individual to ever purchase me are, I would love a 3D printer. I know those run three to $500. That's expensive. That's not a gift. I expect one individual or five individuals to pool and collect and purchase for me. The other item is I want a new tool chest for my garage. So I have a solid, proper tool chest to put all of the tools and equipment and knickknacks of my building equipment into and have it organized very well. What is something that you guys have that is on the didn't like it as a kid, but would totally love it as an adult? For me, that's really easy, and this is going to be the most generic answer ever because you already said it. For me, it's clothing, and I'm not even picky about my clothing, really. As long as I think it'll look okay on me, I'm okay. Because, honestly, I know I can get that for myself. I always love receiving that because that's less clothing that I have to buy for myself now. Totally feel you, man. I remember one time someone got me, like, two bags of socks. I'm like, oh my gosh, that saves me, you know, $20 or $30. Now I have to go buy socks. That's awesome. That's like five years worth of socks right there. Well, depending on how hard you are on socks, I guess. Two to five years. Sure. I feel like there is a turnover rate that's higher for socks and underwear than jeans and t-shirts. Oh, yeah. Well, and of course, it also depends on brand because there are some brands that are constructed much better. That are solid and worth the slightly higher price tag because they have that durability. Right, like Bombas socks are going to last a lot longer than like Hanes or Fruit of the Loom. I've actually never owned Bomba socks, and I have heard several commercials for them. But they are very nice, apparently. Yes, I want to get some at some point. So yeah, clothing. Manny, what about you? Is there an item from your childhood that you were adamant against that you would say now as an adult? you approve of? You see, 
the two of you picked out very different trajectory, well thought out answers to this. So I'm going to go ahead and continue forward with what my interpretation of the question was. And I guess to start, I'll frame it so you can see the little diorama of the question from my perspective. And that is, was there a time growing up that I was disappointed in a gift that now I look back on and I'm like, huh, that wasn't such a bad gift. So you mean the diorama that I gave you when you were 15? I love it. That was a great diorama of the different battles of Texas when it gained independence before becoming a state in the United States of America. I didn't hate it. It's just that in Hispanic culture, we don't make it common practice to send thank you notes for stuff. I only associate it with my sixth grade Texas history class where I was forced to make a diorama. I've never seen a diorama prior oh, to Oh, I meant the thank you cards. Oh, thank you notes. I feel you. Okay. More importantly, Manny, you have diorama. Do you need me to send you Pepto-Bismol? <laughs> <laughs> Mike gave me diorama with his sausage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's that salt and pepper I gave you. I'm sorry. I apologize if I had known you were allergic. Guys, I think we found the title to the episode. <laughs> Mike gave me diorama. With his summer sausage. Maybe I'll let that be the secret sauce that shows up when they're listening. Listeners, if you get with his sausage in your title, then I take full responsibility for going in post after Mike and changing the title to our episode. <laughs> All right. This is a weird episode. Well, anyway, framing it in that sense, I'm going to say that growing up, I think I got a certain amount hyped for the Super Nintendo being out, and I had asked for it a couple of times when being proctored to about what I wanted for the holidays, and so that was my answer. It was like nothing else, and honestly, it's a console, so why would you ask for anything else? They're expensive. But what I wound up getting was a Sega Genesis. It was the Model 2 that came with Sonic the Hedgehog 2. I didn't hate it. I was well-behaved enough to not be one of those bratty kids who would, like, you know, throw it and say, well, this is awful. You know, I smiled, said thank you. And in, I guess, the coming months and time after that, I realized that it was not a half-bad console. I enjoyed my time with it. So, going forward, yes, anyone do provide me any Sonic the Hedgehog-related gifts as long as they are not pants. I think if our listeners have learned anything about the three of us, that Sonic has a very deep and intimate place in all of our hearts. If you got us the original Sonic soundtrack, the OSS, for which one? we'd probably be all right. There's only one original Sonic soundtrack. Only one OSS. Green Hill Zone, exactly. baby. Exactly. I tell you what, man, those Sonic soundtracks are banging. That's fire. So, if I could squeeze in one thing, Mike, and I would be okay if this was the closer rather than our usual question to the audience, but something going back to kind of the retrospective of our podcast, I know that our two specials that we have done over the time, except for the crossover, 
Although even the crossover, I think all of these started off as some off comment. The Scott Pilgrimage, Herx and Jerks. The Cell cast was definitely an off comment. My question for the two of you gentlemen. Make some wild, maybe not so wild assertion of what the two of you want to see the boys of banter do in the future. Doesn't have to be next year. In the future. 2021 and beyond. Tell us what you want. You are stuck with us. For better or mostly for worse. But we hoped for it to be better. And better and better. You misunderstand my question. Mike, like what spurred on Herks and Jerks, what would you like Banter Banter to do? Sir, I'm going to give that to you in a tweet. All right. I guess I'll go ahead and dump one out. In the future, I would like one of our Banter Banter episodes to come tagged along with a video version of it where all of us are reporting our episode from Minecraft. I love it. <laughs> that would be fun. Aaron, are you in the mood to do it through a tweet, or do you have any sort of wild flights of fancy? For me, there's a couple of projects I've had in my mind that I would like to try to get off the ground. One of them, actually two of them, I've already talked to you guys about. One of those would be the fifth Monday fill-in. And then I have another project that I would like to get off the ground, but that one is going to be a lot more ambitious and will require more collaboration with other creators. But hopefully I will be able to iron out all those details and we will have something for that in 2021. Whether it'll be a short-lived thing or an ongoing thing, we will find out. Now, Aaron... That is a bit vague for the audience. Do you have anything in general you want to say about it? One of my favorite genres of podcasting is actual play podcasts. And I've been in talks with, of course, my banter bros and a couple of other people to maybe have a actual play podcast. I'm going to cut in because I know, Manny, I told you I would tweet at you something that I'm excited to create in the future of this podcast. Like our small segments, i.e., what's the deal with that? Or the somewhat infrequent trailer parks. Or the old enough to drink. I would like to hone in on something else that our listeners like that we bring up. I want to connect with our listeners on a generic topic that they all like so we can help provide you things that make you happy that make us happy we discuss it you enjoy it give us the gift of your feedback it's all we want this holiday season banter banter has become a beast we cannot kill gentlemen i appreciate all of your candor this evening on this holiday episode of banter banter and listeners, please help us help you get more out of us. I promise I will not salt and pepper the summer sausage every time. And remember, the more you 
rate, review, podcast, the more presence we will have on the podcasting platforms. So please give us your feedback. We really think it's important. And I agree with the other guys. We want to grow. And we want you guys to help us grow. As always, wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Wear a mask. Don't be Denethor of Gondor. Please slap some funnies on our Banter BanterCast Facebook page. Or share Mike Facts with us on Twitter at Banter underscore cast or individually at Brogar, C-R-E, for Manny. You can find me on Twitter at Mike8Time, the number 8. You can find Aaron at 8BitWizard. The 8 is Roman numerical. A big thanks to Blaze Animator for the current Banter Banter artwork seen on our different internet spots. And last but not least, cheers to Brad Sucks, the creator of this episode's intro and outro song, Bad Attraction, off of the album I Don't Know What I'm Doing. <laughs>